Tim. Tim Gray, the UK biohacker. Um, welcome to the Soulcast. Thank you for being with me. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I think um, one of the great things about you is that we, as soon as I saw your profile, I came across it on Instagram, uh, the infamous bra post. Hmm. Uh, yes. So <laughs> I know, I think I've mentioned it before, but this, you know, this idea that what what's happening when women are wearing bras? Why shouldn't they wear bras? That is a really good question. Like with everything we talk about in biohacking or whatnot is ancestral health, what we evolved with. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I think, unfortunately, the world is so industry driven these days that yeah. everyone wants to wants to and is trying to make a buck everyone is you know yeah. whatever it may be um you just have to have an uh, an ml mlm um marketer reach out to you to try and sell you the newest supplement yeah. um and they're like hounds for you to know how desperate people are for money so you know the world is geared up this way and so i think you know when there was for instance uh someone that felt like they needed support for their breasts way back when mm. they created something and then someone said oh that's that's good they look good like that or they support me when i'm exercising or whatever and then it became more and more and more and more an industry and a big money making thing until it becomes a sexual um you know having sexy sexy lingerie becomes a sexual thing it's tied to sex and um and then everyone takes it as a, as a given mm. and i think it's the same with anything really anything that we have today and let's be honest commercial world has helped the world evolve uh, for us to have amazing conveniences just like you know the laptops that we're speaking via right yeah. now two people that have never met personally that have been following each other on instagram for yeah. a while to, to record a podcast for other people to listen to i mean it's amazing it really it is, is incredible but there are other areas darker areas where it has just become so commonplace to have a lot of these things that we don't realize actually we're better off without them. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I, I, this actually one of my most popular posts of all time, second most popular post of all time, mm. is the bra one, um, partly because it's partly controversial and um, quite widely accepted um, and questioning people's uh, beliefs around it really does you know spark emotion because mm. how could i be doing something that's not amazing for me all this time not know yeah it really you know it's deep rooted in psychology yes similar to doctors when you know or dentists that have been recommending mercury fillings for however many years and they've been there to help patients and then they find out that mercury is toxic so therefore they say no it's not no it's not and continue doing it because it can't break <laughs> you know the, the psychological impact so yeah so with the bra post, um, I had so many more messages than even have been commented on the post. And there's, you know, I think it must be about 800 comments on the post. I, I can't remember right. off the top of my head. But I had so many people message me saying, yes, you're so right. I can't believe this. This study is great. And then a lot of people, you know, more openly were saying, oh, no, this is rubbish. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a man. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, you know, I actually had someone last week after all this time posting it a very long time ago now um, say, Tim, I've been testing this ever since your post and I've got, and she had very large breasts. Um, 
a very large breast and told her size and I've gone without ever since that day and there has been an improvement and I'm very, very happy without my bra There we go. So thank you. There's your um, study. And then, yeah, I mean, there's loads of loads <laughs> of cases like that. Um, and then you get the, the people that just like to not believe because it's outside of their belief set and say, well, that study was never published mm. and, you know, we can't find the full details and push back. Uh, so, you know, it did well. It's very interesting area. I know many people in my circle, a lot of my girl, my females in my team um, actually don't wear bras already and, um, you know, are firm believers in it. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same principle with what I've kind of discovered now is underwear. The similar kind of thing is that most dudes now are wearing very very tight underwear that's most likely some blend of plastic as well mm -hmm. which is constricting mm -hmm. their balls to a point where it's not getting blood flow and when you don't get blood flow the machinery doesn't operate as well as it could and mm -hmm. we just kind of accepted it and you know it's not that we've accepted it. it's just one of those things oh you wear underwear it's not it, you wouldn't really question it and then like so many of these things like bras you know that are built into our culture uh, as you said, they are kind of shutting us off from this natural way of living, which is just like we've added so many things and it's just all taken us backwards, you know, mm -hmm. mm. intentionally, well, yeah, maybe I mean, so, but yeah. I mean, I, I like to steer away from the conspiracy or should I say the bigger, the bigger agenda here? Cause someone said the other week, um, actually one of my friends, um, said about, um, one of the one of the things going on at the moment said they want you to have lower testosterone so that you're more feminine so there's right. like there's less less difference between men and women and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So I don't think there's someone that is actually planning this out to have men with less testosterone. I really don't. Um, you know, there's be. a lot. Yeah, there might there, there might be. You're right. I mean, yeah. particularly at the moment, potentially. But I mean, in in general, I don't think that they're saying, well, let's let's push this so it does that, and it's not. You know, they see conspiracies or patterns everywhere, and yeah. everything is automatically. You can overdo it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think sometimes yes, there could be agendas, obviously, and other times there aren't. And I don't think that necessarily the underwear one. I think it's more of a commercial one, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, you, bonds, if you're running, bonds yeah, underwear. exactly. I mean. <laughs> you're, you're running your balls are swinging everywhere it can be quite painful um or <laughs> you know you need to keep washing your trousers every day because you, you're not wearing underwear so you have something to protect you between the two makes yeah. sense yeah. then all of a sudden someone like calvin grabs a hold of them puts their logos on it it becomes fashionable and um and then everyone else starts doing it and it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it's the norm um and you know it's just a, again the commercial interest and you just have to look at scientific studies to see what has been done or proven with studies and what hasn't because there's a financial incentive for the pharmaceutical industries for instance industry sorry to to document these things and then when it comes to something like vitamin c iv there's not really much industry to to prove it yeah so it, it just shows you how commercial interest really does have a, a big part to play in this.
Well, that's um, commercial interest as well. They fund the studies that prove certain things. So I think there's a danger, mm. and with the weaponized scientific study, especially today, that mm. they can prove that smoking is uh, good for you back in the day, or heroin is, or morphine, or whatever, mm. with a study. Sugar is the same. Yeah, look at this study paid for by the Sugar Association. Mm. They found the sugar's mm. good for you. Cool, 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 like that. <laughs> I think is you you can't take a headline ever for granted mm. and even you can't take the abstract findings of a scientific study uh, for granted either because you know you really need to just understand some base level of scientific literacy and statistics so you can look at the studies and say okay mm. were these you know was it a controlled environment were there confounding factors um, was there a big enough sample size to then look at it and say, okay, there's probably something here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you just have to go to Google or your favorite search engine right now and type in, um, for instance, vitamin C, vitamin C studies or where, or even better, wearing underpants is good for you. And yeah. you will see, you will see the, what, what you're looking for right. <laughs> or if you say uh, if you type underwear is bad for you you will see what you're looking for so what we set out to look yeah. for is what we find i mean this is manifesting 101 let's just yeah. be honest you know yeah um negation don't think of a blue tree you have to think of a blue t tree to not think of a blue tree yeah. and so if you're if you're searching for a, something to prove and this is you know this for instance a supplement or drug comes out and they say right we need to prove that this is effective they're going to prove this is effective yeah yeah right <laughs> um so I, I you know i think that this is uh i think this is um the, the problem with it um yeah. and i think well, the bra the bra one being the, the financial incentive for it to become a massive industry the same with the underwear and just about everything else that we wrap ourselves in <laughs> these yeah. days pretty much um I want to circle back to the point that you mentioned at the start with the, the cog cognitive dissonance uh, that mm. some particular posts uh, seem to just stir up in people. So mm. it's a reaction to an opinion, a bit of information that breaks or disproves in a way uh, or goes against their belief that they've held for decades, right? And one of these things, yeah. there's the bra thing, there's the underwear thing. Um, one of the main ones that I am seeing kind of dissolve now is sunscreen and you know, exposure to the sun. So could you go into a little bit about, um, I guess we'll leave the sun for a little bit, but the psychology of what what is making people especially with social media like why do they go out of their way to try and attack you for <laughs> proving these you know you're putting biological information out there like don't i find this with friends as well when you're having a conversation like can't you just have a discussion we're looking at both sides we're saying hey this doesn't add up or maybe this doesn't make sense you don't need to emotionally just cast off you know the argument entirely just because it upsets you mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the more, and I'm sure the more your account or you grow, and the more people you speak to, the more you become numb to it to some extent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for quite a it's while, funny, I reacted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it is becoming more and more funny. I actually feel sorry for people when they do yeah. trigger yeah. and rant. Um, yeah. And I've actually got a policy now that 
when I share something, if someone starts having a go, and I'll entertain it as long as I can learn from it. So if someone, if I say, for instance, fluoride is dangerous and they come back and start getting funny and and I disprove them and then they get personal, then that's it. They're deleted, they're blocked, gone. Yeah, yeah. If 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 they push push me and say, well, actually, look at this, you know, because we feel that this isn't as bad as you let it on to be, I will entertain it and explore yeah. and see their logic and also look into the things that they say. Yeah. And the moment I can't learn from it anymore, that's it, the moment I let it go. Yeah. Um, but it took me a long time. It's taken nearly three years of social media to it be engaging in a lot of these things a lot of the time um, to become numb to it. Um, and um, and 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 let it go and not react myself quite in the same way. Yeah. And occasionally you do, as you know. But I think I think what's important to people, they fight for. And if, for instance, someone's been drinking tap water, for instance, let's just use the fluoride one. If they've been drinking tap water for years and feeding it to their kids for years, and then I share something out saying drinking fluoride isn't good and you should be optimizing your health by having a healthy diet and they've been feeding their kids pizzas and, and drinking yeah. tap water this whole time they're going to fight to protect that yeah they're going to fight to protect that because otherwise they've been wrong this whole time yeah um so and it's the same with people that for instance um those things that hurt us we push push them away from us or get away from if there's yeah. someone that's bad to you, you push them away. Yeah. If, you know, for instance, I I use myself as an example here. I didn't like being in restaurants where there was kids near me and I would keep away from kids, even my goddaughter, because they just, if for some reason I didn't like kids, let's just say that. Yeah. But then when I explored it in my in my meditation practice, I realized that in fact, you know, it's something that I really would like at some point. And yeah. because it's painful, I unconsciously push it away so that I'm not subjected to it. Right. So it's the same it's the same with these people that get triggered. It's because it's important to them. They just mm. don't consciously they don't consciously know it. <laughs> um so therefore right. they fight for their opinion. But I think the biggest ones that trigger are people that on their identity level. And so if you for instance yesterday I shared out something about fluoride and then someone responded and got a bit funny. When I looked at their profile, they're a dentist. And, <laughs> um, and they, they I'm sure say, there's a well, lot of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like they should. you should listen to the experts. Well, actually, I do. I hire the experts. They speak on my stage. I learn yeah. from them. I read their books. I hang out with them. I get to see case studies in clinic with them. And I hang out with the world's leading biological dentists yeah. <laughs> um, or authors and and then they're like no no these that's not experts so, okay so yeah. they're they're a traditional dentist plus extra training on top and yet this guy knows better so you know that's one case and the other one i find is generally vegans um oh boy and yeah like when it's their identity that you're attacking or they see it as attacking when you're not you just presenting information a lot of the time but yeah. quite brutally sometimes as well um you know for instance there's something in psychology called the neurological levels and it's um think of it like a triangle and um, at the bottom is environment and at the top is identity now you can change your environment very easily but your identity you can't um you've got um environment um 
behaviors, beliefs, um, and identity. And then above that, actually, you have spirituality or religion. So, for instance, if you say to someone, you are a idiot, that will often trigger them because it's an identity level thing that they won't be able to change necessarily very easily. Whereas if you say, when you are in the pub drinking alcohol, you act like an idiot, that's behaviors and environment, too easy things to change. People don't get so triggered, mm. you see? So when yeah. you say to a vegan, you know, actually plant plants are okay, meats are important for health and they're not killing the planet, uh, it's just the farming practices that is. That goes against everything to do with their identity. Yeah. And therefore, they fight for it because we fight for what's important to us. So they're the ones that trigger the most, actually. And they become very rude for people that are actually all about abundance and acceptance and <laughs> caring for other creatures. They actually get very rude. One, one called me an effing C the oh, other week. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. nice. Like, yeah. What a beautiful <laughs> human. You, you, you care for, you care for you animals, animals you not, care for not a human. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's... Um, it's <clears throat> it's that's a very interesting way to put it is that the deeper it is as a core belief the more people will attack that which threatens that and i think mm -hmm. some of the kind of the best way to improve your lot in life in all things is to release your attachment to the egoic identification and beliefs that you have and you might think i am good at jujitsu and then someone comes in and fucks you up and then you fight against that and you maybe say it was cheating rather than dropping the ego and understanding okay maybe i wasn't as good as i thought how can i separate from that identification so i can learn so i can take into account all information that comes my way so that i'm the most informed person to make the best decision whether that's you know diet or um other kind of biohacking things uh it, it really like the the smarter dentist um in that situation that you said recognizes that fluoride okay maybe we shouldn't be having it launches his own fluoride free toothpaste and starts selling it to his customers and advising that they filter their water and you know that's that's the kind of he pivots in that way well yeah i mean this is this is what dr dominic nitschwitz one of my friends he's biological dentist actually has done this type of thing but um unfortunately a lot of these guys are so poisoned and taught the logic in chemistry that it's safe um that they cannot see that it's poison like for instance let's just talk about mercury for instance <clears throat> mercury is the second most toxic substance non-man-made known, known to humans and yet they are convinced it's safe to have it in your mouth mm. um uh, yeah um and they say yeah but it doesn't leak come on if you take it out <laughs> the moment it comes out of the mouth they have to treat it as toxic waste and dispose of it properly pay for it to be disposed okay the moment it comes out of the mouth or yeah. in schools if you drop a thermometer the school has to be evacuated because mercury is so bad they're like ah oh, no but it's safe in mouth it's always safe in mouth and here's 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 chemistry reasons why it's safe yeah. it's the same with fluoride you know the one from yesterday and like oh no in these concentrations it's actually safe in water like yeah but in these concentrations it might be but when you're supposed to be drinking eight glasses of water a day plus you're eating food that's being cooked in it 
Um, plus you're using toothpaste, which has a significant amount more in it. And if you swallow that, obviously they tell you that you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go to the hospital if you swallow toothpaste because of the fluoride. Right, it? It's like, come on guys. Like, did, like as Einstein said, um, compound theory is one of the, what is it? One of the, the something, the fifth or eighth miracle of the world. You know, if you can understand that you can conquer the world. Because compound theory, you just have to look at, you know, saving a thousand bucks a month at 10% interest every month for 10 years to see how, you know, it grows considerably. Compound theory is powerful. And you know, just have to get your credit card bill at the end of the month to look at all the 12 bucks or the 20 bucks here and there and how yeah. it adds up to two or 3,000 bucks. And you go, holy crap, how did I do that? I didn't realize because I was doing it in bite-sized chunks. Mm. It's exactly the same. If you're drinking this tap water, or you've got five metal fillings in your mouth, or any of these things, it's compound theory. Like, I had this big thing with, uh, let's call it an influencer. That's about it. His name is Fitness Chef on uh, Instagram. Oh, and he shares, out, yeah, he shares out about pizzas and drinking Diet Coke and says Fat Coke, and it's all about calorie yeah. counting, and says a calorie is a calorie. No. Um, yeah, I know, right? And... Um, you know, it's like, well, drink Diet Coke because it's better and there's no studies saying it's dangerous, even though in rats, which aren't humans, it did show to be carcinogenic, but they're not humans, so you know, it's safe. Um, it's like, come on, use your common sense. It's just crazy. Mm. Um, and they fight to the death because they're so convinced. Oh, they just care about making money from their Instagram. Who knows? Yes, again, it's that financial incentive. Uh, I forget who the quote is from, but it's something like, uh, a man will never believe anything that his income uh, yes. doesn't depend on or something like that. Um, and it's very true. Like if your income depends on knowing something, oh, sorry, and not believing something, you're not going to believe it. It's as simple as that because mm. we have this yeah. culture that is... Um, Robert Anton Wilson describes money as biosecurity or biosurvival tickets. That's what they mm. function as in our society and uh, the banking system and debt and all the rest of it. If your bank account goes down, you feel threatened because money represents the tickets that allow you to survive, to pay for rent so that you have shelter, to pay for food, to mm. pay the hospital if, if things go wrong. So we have a very fear-based relationship with money itself. So, you know, the big companies and everything else, as they're maximizing their profit margins, uh, mm. it, it unfortunately creates this larger culture that um, doesn't do anyone good. Um, but... Mm. Uh, I wanted to, I know the kind of esoteric reason with fluoride, they say that you're, you know, your third <laughs> eye is, is being blocked and you, you don't dream as much, you're less spiritual uh, because it's calcifying the pineal gland and fluoride does that. Mm. It does create mm. this, this calcification effect on the pineal gland, uh, which is in your brain. Uh, but but what's, what fluoride, what is it actually doing to people? Mm. Well, this is interesting because yesterday after my, post i just decided to go e even further and look up what studies and further information of what i may have missed um i could find the most interesting one of all of it was webmd webmd is actually a very big site 
Um, I think it's owned by one of the big pharmacy groups or chemists in the UK. And they talked about what fluoride does. Um, and it talked about the pineal gland and it says how it calcifies it. Actually written on the medical site. So I don't think it's esoteric. I think it's very, um, quite the opposite, yeah. <laughs> actually. And, and I, if a science site, one of the, the most one of the most respected i would say um especially by google replacing a lot of the alternative health sites which is what they did a few years ago um mm. says exactly the same um so i don't think it's esoteric anymore <laughs> personally no, no 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 i knew the esoteric reason but i of mm. course there's a, a more literal uh reason as well it's fucking yeah. calcifying the pineal gland which is a hormonal thing Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the article is actually caused, uh, called um, um, What to Know About Calcification of the Pineal Gland. That's the exact title of it. Mm. <laughs> and one of the things that it says here is how can you de decalcify the pineal gland? It's avoid excess fluoride. <laughs> um, and then it says reduce your <clears throat> exposure to EMFs. Yeah. Uh, like and then in, um, don't avoid sun exposure. <laughs> this is, this much is a medical site. <clears throat> yeah, this is a medical site that we get called, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, pseudoscience about, even though right, this right. clearly isn't pseudoscience. <laughs> yeah, and all those things you mentioned is pretty much what every single person is doing for the majority of their mm -hmm. day. They're avoiding sunlight. Uh, they're drinking mm. tap water eight glasses a day which you know is a bit of a weird number to throw out obviously it varies and eight glasses of tap water you do not want to have that you know um, remineralized filtered water uh, if you can mm. um, and ever since I've kind of figured out that about tap water um, you never taste the difference but now that you've had non-tap water it's like yeah well what was I doing before it, it does it tastes like mm. garbage you know mm, yeah, yeah it's not it's <clears throat> night or day night or day different I mean I, the, thing, the thing is we're such a huge percentage of our, our body is water and um, it's common sense yeah I mean you want to make sure that it's, you're built from the best and yeah. while food um gives you the nutrients you need um and the oils that you have help your cell membranes to get those nutrients into the cell and the electrical charge for the cell to work properly and for your mm. mitochondria to fire properly and a lot of this is water based and um all to do with the minerals and if you're drinking tap water that is low in minerals high in chemicals such as mercury um, or hormones or antibiotics because it's gone through the system. Yeah. Then you, it's not gonna you're not gonna work properly. It's very very basic. There's actually a book called The New Biology of uh, Water and uh, Cancer, I think it is, um, and it goes into how the body is affected. It's basically biohacking with water. A whole book dedicated to it. And it talks about all of it, including Gerard Gerard Pollack's work about the fourth phase of water um, and how red light therapy affects your water and you know why your water should be the best and what minerals you should use and everything one of my yeah. best one of my best books actually do you subscribe to the idea that um sound energy and uh words can restructure water to be healthier for you 
<laughs> yes and no. I don't know enough of it to comment or be critical right. of it. Um, it does sound batshit crazy, um, but <laughs> it's just it's it's just frequency. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it does. It make it makes <clears throat> sense to me. It does. Um, let's be honest. Positive language, negative language can make our us feel differently. Yeah. Uh, the same thing said with a different tone um, can make us feel very differently. Yeah. You can say a question without going up at the end and people won't realize it's a question even though it's exactly the same sentence. I mean, communication yeah. is here for a reason. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe that to be true from what I know so far, but I can't take it apart, so therefore I don't talk about it yet. Right. That's a very good uh, thing to do, but I think... I mean, I think the reason it makes us feel bad is as well. Um, it's like the ancient practice of saying grace. You speak mm. gratitude and appreciation for your food, which has water molecules in it. And mm. some would argue that that energy, which we know exists as our thoughts have their own energy as well, our words have their own energy, and that energy changes depending on the nature of the word. That's a, you know, a fact that can mm. kind of hold within the food itself it's like when food is made with love from your grandma it's going to taste better and it's going to be better for you why mm. because it's made with love and it was you know it has that resonant energy and i think if you can treat everything like that whether or not that there are you know specific studies that show oh yeah look we uh we, we made this burger feel better by complimenting it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it is like that. Mm. I think. Yeah. But again, I don't know. <clears throat> um, I, I wanted to speak to you about your sleep scores. Uh, sleep, obviously, being the one of the huge things that's plaguing our society, or not sleep, but lack of sleep is plaguing our society, or not even lack of sleep, lack of quality sleep and restful sleep because of, um, you know, a number of things. But how, if you had to get your perfect Uring score, what are you doing for the quality of your sleep as a elite biohacker? So can you say the question again, if that's okay? Because you cut out for a split second then. Oh, yeah. Um, just asking about your sleep scores on the Oura Ring. Uh, mm. Just asking kind of what do you do to set up for the best night's sleep that you could possibly get? Mm. Well, yes, good question. Um, it's not just about what you – it's basically what you do for your day to optimize your night and um originally i used to talk about sleep optimization an awful lot now i talk more about <laughs> optimizing your day to optimize your night and the things that you do throughout your day and the timing of your day is what really sets you up for a good night's sleep but there all are also things that you do in the evening um so really it's from the moment that you wake up um that impacts the end of your day significantly so for instance waking with natural sunlight I mean, I used to think blackout blinds were amazing and that, you know, the more black, the, the darker your room was, the better. Um, I think that that just means that you end up being up later <laughs> and, you know, you have to block out blue light after sunset so you can be up later and then block out sunrise so you can wake up later. Yeah. Um, which, you know, they're biohacks, they work. They work very well. But the point is, is if you're having to block a filter junk light 
so that it's more, let's say, natural at that time of day. And then you're having to block natural light in the morning so that you can sleep longer. You got something wrong. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, you, you should be, you know, going to bed nearer sunset or earlier and waking up with sunrise. Now, there is an element that sleep obviously gives our bodies downtime so that it can actually use its energy to repair the damage that you've done to it during the day using the building blocks that you've given it during the day, um, which is why when you've got a cold or flu or had a heavy workout day, then, you know, you, you need more sleep um, to repair more. The thing is, is if you are staying up late, you do need to get up later. You shouldn't cut your day, your sleep short by waking up with sunrise. But really, you should get to the point of where you are sleeping earlier and waking up naturally with sunrise um, to give your body that um, the amount of time it needs to repair. And then, you know, things that really affect sleep badly or negatively are eating too late in the day. So after sunset, for instance, we produce 50 times less insulin there or thereabouts, which means our blood sugar is higher throughout the night, meaning that we're actually storing that as fat, we're storing that energy instead of using the energy that we've collected during the day to repair, we're actually storing it, which is, uh, there was actually a study that was done by Dr. Sachin Panda in the book, and it was talked about in the book, the circadian code, um, where they gave two sets of rodents the same amount of food. One had their food limited to an eight-hour window, and one had the same amount of food but wasn't limited in terms of timing. They could eat all day, every day. The ones that had limited to a six- to eight-hour window lost weight. The ones that could eat all day, every day put on weight. Um, from the same food, not necessarily good quality food either, but showing that they basically stored as fat mm. now the interesting thing is here is when i track my blood glucose with a 24 7 glucose monitor and obviously i track my sleep with my aura ring i notice that my deepest sleep and my highest heart rate variability and lowest heart rate is when my blood sugar is a very healthy low not a crazy, stupid low, yeah. a healthy low. So if we produce 50 times less insulin after sunset, why would we eat much after sunset if our heart's most rested when our blood glucose is lower? Yeah. So therefore, you're more rested and repairing better. So that's just another thing is the things like exercising after three or 4 p.m. is crazy because you're actually going to create um, more stress on the body um, in terms of stress hormones, which um, instead of winding down at sunset, you're going to be ramped up, yeah. meaning that our heart rate will be up. You won't be so slept, slept so well. Um, like for instance, if you, for instance, if you kept yourself up, you've been to a rave or a party or a festival or something, you come home after having two hours sleep all weekend, you then jump into bed and you'll sleep, you know, solidly for 12, 14 hours. And you'll see that your heart rate variability is super high and your resting heart rate is super low just because you're so relaxed for so long. Yeah. Um, it just shows that you need to, you know, give yourself that time to wind down instead of winding up at times you should be winding down. And then there's just giving yourself, you know, the building blocks like again, water, proper water with the right minerals. 
if you're dehydrated, your body will be in a stress state. Cortisol will be up, adrenals will be stressed. You won't be ready to wind down and sleep. So by having, you know, 350 milliliters of water with some Celtic sea salt added, giving your body the minerals it needs to, you know, to repair, um, then you'll sleep better. And there's a whole host of things, a whole, I mean, I've got a list of 20 or 30 things you can do to improve sleep. Yeah. You haven't got the basic building blocks, you know, such as, you know, timing of your food, the water and the minerals and things like that, then, you know, nothing else is really going to move Sunlight. the dial. Yes, exactly. This is why sunrise is so important, obviously, um, and sunset as well. <laughs> do you do sun gazing where you look directly at the sun? Mm, not really, no. I like I like 45 degree angles. Like So when I'm relaxing or chilling out, I, I used to sit looking at the sun with my eyes closed and it used to feel amazing, but now mm. I have my eyes open to get as much natural light in as possible, but I don't look directly at the sun. Definitely well, I do. Not. Um, you, it's something for you to try. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of a you know an, an ancient thing, um, and there's a lot of good stuff about it uh, in terms of repairing eye damage. Um, you know, conversely to what most people think, but it's this very unique sensation. And again, one of the other very powerful ways to decalcify your pineal gland is to look directly at the sun. Um, and you kind of tilt your head back a little bit and imagine the sunlight kind of coming into your brain, which is essentially what it's doing as it's passing uh, into the into the eyes and the blood vessels there. Um, but when you look at the sun directly, uh, obviously only do it when the sun is very low in the sky, so sunrise and sunset. But you look at the sun directly and as your eyes adjust, it might there might be a little bit of like discomfort, semi kind of your eyes adjusting, but then when your eyes realize what they're doing and, you know, obviously work up to several minutes at a time, but only start with, you know, 20 seconds or whatever, but you, you all of the rays of the sun disappear like those kind of blinding rays and it just becomes this perfect circle and it becomes this very interesting deep meditative experience where you are almost connecting with the sun i find and it's it's a very kind of powerful energetic thing um and i recommend you do it mm, okay <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, I did discuss with Dr. Christopher Shade uh, once upon a time about it, and he said sky gazing. He's a big, big fan of sky gazing, but not necessarily yeah. sun gazing. Yeah. So sky gazing, I guess, as well, and generally looking at the horizon and being outside instead of looking at a screen is your eye muscles get to relax because when they're or vice versa, I'm not sure if they're focused if they're tight when you're looking at the horizon or relaxed, but it's a different state than it is just looking at a screen all day, which is several feet. And those eye muscles can kind of move into a different position. And obviously like any muscles in the body, when they're in one position for too long, that's gonna be detrimental to health. If we're sitting for too long, um, you know, sitting itself is not bad, but when it's the only thing that we're doing for eight hours at a time, then of course it's gonna be bad. Um, know so eye gazing and looking at the sky is kind of the same yeah same yeah it's funny it's like i reversed my eyesight my loss of eyesight should i say a poor eyesight quality um and I, so many people say to me what do you do and i said well partly from not wearing sunglasses anymore partly yes. from yoga for the eyes which was a, a book that came out a while ago um yoga for the eyes and that's just basically doing eye exercises <clears throat> focusing on the distance opposed to just on the screen in front of you 
And um, also I tried things like human growth hormones. I tried uh, red light therapy uh, as well, obviously, which I found really help as well as general nutrition and, you know, making sure that when I check my cellular deficiencies, I've, I've optimized them. And then it's funny how the body does repair. But another thing is, is that people get into this whole, uh, my eyesight's getting worse. So the, the opticians gives me a slightly stronger prescription every year, yeah. which then makes your eyes weaker every year, yeah. which yeah. is a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, one of my friends actually got a minus seven eyesight um, and his eyes progressively got worse uh, until he started um, reducing the strength of his lenses, <laughs> um, even though he'd been told that that's what you do. And when you talk to an optician about this, obviously there's financial incentive for yeah. the people that train them to make them think no no when your eyesight gets weaker make the lenses stronger but it's pretty simple again it's like having mercury in your mouth oh no it's safe in your mouth but it's not when it's on the side it's yeah. like well actually if your your eye muscles are getting weaker and you put stronger lenses on they're going to become even weaker which right. means you're going to need stronger lenses i mean it's pretty obvious again you know yeah 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 <laughs> it's almost like wearing a gravity suit and then going to lift weights <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it's funny i hadn't thought about it like that do you think mm. that i mean most i guess the aging generation now has been the first generation that has watched a lot of tv especially in their old age do you think or even engaged with computers but probably not as much do you think most of that eye degradation is due to that and the kind of out you know wrong mm. notion that you need stronger stronger glasses I think most of it is personally, but yeah, that's just personal opinion. I mean, it's just let's be honest. It's the same with the the, the bra post. Like, while the bra that the the breasts aren't muscles, they do have muscles around them on the chest, and if you are relieving those muscles off their use, right, they will become weaker. Yeah, it's exactly the same with me. I know that if I stop working out my muscles become smaller and they become weaker i have to start again almost it's the same logic with the eyes with the with the breasts all of these things mm. we what we don't need we lose what about um and i i see you discussing certain supplements and i like supplements of course there are some great ones um but like you were saying kind of before with the sleep you got to have the the main things in order before you even look at supplements now provided someone is eating a great diet they're sleeping well they're exercising they're getting outside what are your top supplement lists that you would go for mm, um it really depends on the person i mean i think number one is every supplement brand wants you to buy every supplement you possibly can i think yeah. people that do supplement end up you know some of them have 10 20 30 supplements a day and you know and can't go without any of them um yeah. i was i was there um but i think where biohacking in general is going or should be going is hyper personalized right. um and what we should have for us as an individual for instance, you know, some people say, oh, well, I can't eat meat because it's just too heavy for my digestion and I can't cope with it. So therefore I'm vegan. And someone else says, I can't eat, um, I can't eat plants because they just destroy my gut and I end up going poop 50 times a day. Yeah. You know, I'll, I mean, I would look at both of those cases and say, 
why can't they handle me? Why is it too heavy for them? Number one. Yeah. Um, and then with the person with plants, like, why can't their gut cope with it? What is going on there? And then hyper-personalize, or should I personalize the either the probiotics or the liver support or whatever for them so that they can have a well-rounded diet. Um, and I think when it comes to supplements, it's exactly the same. It, you know, there's basic building blocks we need, which is salt. So Celtic sea salt, I think, is the number one supplement that anyone should be having because that gives you all the minerals in the right ratios of what we need to operate properly. Um, and supplement would be proper clean filtered water, which has been remineralized with that salt. And those would be my, my number one hack, um, other than blue blocking glasses. Mm. Um, then on top of that, if, if because everyone eats so much crappy oils, um, especially... Oil. Yeah, yeah, canola, sunflower oil, any of these things that basically are rancid and you know processed at hundreds of degrees yeah. of temperature. These oils make up our cell membranes, and the cell membranes is the outer edge of the cell. And if we have rubbish oils, we will have rubbish cell membranes. Now, you know, what's the reason that that's so important? Well. The cell membranes govern what goes into the cell or comes out of the cell and how the cell deals with electricity and how you deal with electricity is how much energy you have so if your cell membranes are made up of crappy oils um and they're rancid and then you won't be getting the nutrients into the cell properly or toxins out of the cell properly so making sure your cell membranes are absolutely tip top is more important than most other things right. other than the, the minerals so there's actually a supplement i like from a brand called body bio no affiliation at all um and they do phospholipids um, pc Phospho phospholipids basically make up your cell membrane and help repair the damage done to your cell membrane but that is on the assumption that you are actually replacing your crappy oils from your diet with decent ones olive oil butter lard etc mm -hmm. uh, etc et oh, mct oil coconut oil um opposed to vegetable oil canola oil seed oil like <laughs> yeah probably the worst yeah um i actually did a post on it uh, a couple of weeks ago on instagram about it and also had a chat uh, debate with the with the fitness chef on instagram about it as well uh, where he he said he doesn't promote that and then when i looked at his feed three of the seven last posts on his wall promoted trans fatty acids which are basically rancid uh, oils in them so you know and he couldn't stand up to me pushing him about when i talked about the electron transport chain and how yeah. the cell gets electricity in basically um and he ducked out and just called me a quack <laughs> which is yeah. brilliant yeah. He that's when you know you've won right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, curious with the f I, I never really know how to answer this fish I think it's a natural food obviously a natural meat and you eat it it does have a higher polyunsaturated fat content but it's more about the processed nature and highly oxidizing nature of these processed seed oils than mm -hmm. it is the polyunsaturated fatty acids correct yeah yeah I mean like for instance I'll, I'll give an example I I brought out a vitamin D supplement 
recently under my one of my grounds and um it's got sunflower oil in it now about six weeks ago i did a post talking about how bad 99 percent of sunflower oil was and that it should be avoided in all cases just because you don't know the quality of it yeah and yet when people pick up my sun my, my vitamin d and k stack which is made from sheep's wool it's completely natural it's yeah. got nato source vitamin k in it so it's as natural as you can get if you you know you can't get it from your food sources or from sunlight and yet people say well it's got sunflower oil in it therefore we shouldn't be having it why are you recommending it but the point is is that sun flour oil if cold extracted and it's actually cold pressed is cold pressed opposed to heated uh, to stupidly high temperatures which damage and make it rancid it's actually very good oil yeah. but that's less than one percent of the oil out there right um so it's really important about the quality of it now i'm actually going to update the vitamin d product to have mct oil in it instead of sunflower oil just because people that think they know everything by yeah. hearing sunflower oil is bad they think yeah. that this is bad and can't get their heads around it um opposed to going well actually you know 99 is bad one percent isn't so i do agree that some can actually be very good the problem is most people are out to make a quick buck they don't actually care about your health or don't know about the details you know the fitness chef guy for instance is spouting out information thinking he knows it he just doesn't know the details and the devil is in the detail and like um i'll give you a quick example of why this is so important for instance like for instance a friend of mine was using red light therapy and couldn't sleep properly and um <laughs> when i was like well, what time of day are you using it? <laughs> just, just before bed yeah red light therapy is good for you and i was like well it is you know in the right amount at the right time of day and yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have had red light just before you went to bed it's too stimulating for your mitochondria so it regulates yeah. energy um the devil is in the detail and it's the same with these oils as well there are goods there are good there are bad um and unfortunately the majority of them are bad because people just don't understand the detail of it yeah, well, there you go. The devil is in the details, as with all things, lifting as well, life, relationships. It's very important. <clears throat> uh, well, Tim, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, that brings our time to a close, unfortunately. Um, thank you for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Cool. I'll, I'll give this up later. Um, but for everyone listening, thank you for joining us for this episode of The Soulcast. Cast.